welcome to the Chapman CG podcast series, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. For HR leaders to add significant value to the business, it's important that they have influence with other business leaders. But how do you really differentiate yourself and your HR function from other senior leaders? I'm here today with Aaron Faltioni, the VP of HR for MSD International, known as Merck in the US and Canada. Hi, Aaron. Could you share us a little bit about the business and, and what you do within the organization? Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, as you mentioned, MSD, which is known as Merck in the U.S. and Canada, is a large multinational biopharmaceutical company. We have a, a, a large human health business. We also have an animal health business that supports our, our patients and our customers around the world. We're headquartered in the United States in Kenilworth, New Jersey. We have approximately 68,000 employees, and we're operating in you know over 140 countries around the world. Another interesting fact about MSD or Merck, uh, as it's known in the U.S. and Canada, is that we've been in, in, in business for over 127 years. It's a very old, established uh, company with a really rich legacy and heritage of scientific excellence, heavy R&D expense, and uh, breakthrough innovations in the areas of both animal health and human health. Fantastic. And um, can you tell us a little bit about your role, Aaron? Yeah, I am the head of HR for uh, our international business. There's many biopharmaceutical companies. The U.S. market is by far the largest. Uh, but we then have a, a, a wide range of complexities and presence across the world. And so all of the HR activities, the teams that support our employees in the, the markets outside of the United States are part of my organization, and I'm responsible for the HR function across the entire value chain for our business, from the research and discovery activities that take place outside of the United States to the manufacturing, all the way to the commercialization and uh, distribution of our products to our customers around the world and patients. And so it's a fairly large, complex set of responsibilities that, uh, that keep me busy for, uh, for many hours of the day, as you can imagine. Fantastic. And we talked a month or so ago and we had a, a conversation about the impact of having a great leader in the organization. Um, uh, this is where this conversation came from. So what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that HR leaders are currently facing? Yeah, it's a great question. In many respects, I've been in, in human resources for over 20 years, and in many respects, there's never been a better time. We are, as a function, sought after to provide advice and counsel on a wide range of topics that we just really are we're emerging. Everything from the selection of leaders and the importance that we've recognized that I think most organizations are recognizing that leaders make to the entire field of, of inquiry around the future of work and what that really looks like. Even the term the future of work is can be a little bit ominous, um, almost as if they're, you know, what does that mean? If you think about the words, you know, what is the kind of work that we will be doing in the future? And what starting to chart a course, helping an organization chart a course, what is the nature of that work? What is the work that is uniquely human? 
in an organization in the future? How do we work with and augment the activities that we do with robotics and you know, artificial intelligence and augmented intelligence. All of those these things are at the forefront of our profession, and I think it really it's a great time to be in human resources. It's also a challenge. How do we keep up with this rapidly evolving field of study and inquiry? I think is the biggest challenge, and just meeting the expectations that are ever increasing. And what do you think sets great HR leaders apart from other leaders in the business, say? It's hard to say. I mean, I think each HR leader that I've worked with in the past, they've brought their own flavor to the job and the role. I happen to think the some of the differentiating factors for great HR leaders is a obviously an emotional intelligence, an ability to understand the dynamics in an organization beyond just what's in front of them, beyond their the, the person that they're partnering with, but thinking about all of the different trade-offs that need to be made when organizations collaborate and people within organizations collaborate. So an emotional intelligence is critically important. The very best HR leaders I've worked with and I try and emulate are those that also demonstrate a high degree of business acumen. They not only understand the human aspects and the sort of the core components of our profession, but they have a depth of knowledge across how these businesses that they support work. I always ask a really simple question when I start in a new role or with a working with a company. It's a simple question, but it is it's how do we make money? And, you know, on the premise that you're a for-profit enterprise, how is it that we make money? And that simple question often can provide some some real insights into what are the kind of key drivers, strategies, and trade-offs that are made to ensure that we are an effective, profitable enterprise. Yeah, that business acumen is critical, isn't it? I mean, emotional intelligence is obviously also most expected, I think, in the HR profession, isn't it? But having that sort of next level of business acumen is really what sets people apart in HR. Um, I think the two are complementary. Uh, you know, in my view, they really are complementary because it's hard to apply, you know, just raw emotional intelligence to a situation mm-hmm. or to when you actually think about assessing individuals and leaders. Mm-hmm. trying to decide who are the very best uh, succession candidates for some of the key positions in an organization without understanding the different pressures and priorities that, that are on the business those roles have to cope with. It's very difficult to be accurate and valid in our assessments. So I will often, you know, it's far afield from the core content of my job, but I will often go with my partner, the person I partner with in my role, to see clients and customers. I go with him to when he visits partners, when we have partnerships around the world, to understand and watch in essence, and, and in some respects participate, but really I'm observing yeah. how, yeah. what do those interactions look like and what are the, the different pressures that precede and follow those kinds of interactions. Some of them are tense, some of them are quite cordial, but the just understanding that has given me a much deeper insight into then what are the requirements of that job beyond just mm-hmm. the internal requirements of the role. Yeah. Any other ways that you sort of, um, you know, try to add value and differentiate yourself, Aaron, other than that example? I mean, you know, there'd be lots. Any other specific areas which you have a focus on yourself? 
Yeah, I do. I mean, for myself, and I, I wish this wasn't such a differentiator, and I'll explain why. <laughs> it should not be such a novel idea, but it is, in fact, in many organizations, I've found it to be quite a differentiator, and that is sort of, I guess I would characterize it as the idea of radical transparency. I have tried, and I continue to focus almost on a daily basis, to be really transparent with people. I think, you know, we talk about the idea of having honest, candid discussions with our people, making sure that people understand where they stand in terms of our assessment of their performance and their potential. And I often find too often in many organizations, it's not really unique to Merck or MSD or I think it's a universal truth that I think we often fall short of having really honest, candid discussions. And I've tried to differentiate myself by breaking that trend. You could be really simple and say we try and treat our employees like adults and yep. make sure that they have the ability and the knowledge they need to make decisions for themselves. And if they're making those decisions from an, a position of information that is truthful information as opposed to convenient a description of or a comfortable description of where they stand in an organization. To me, there's no greater sin that an organization can commit than having someone believe that they are in a better position than they really are, making decisions about their career and their life based on a false premise. And so I've really set out to try and emulate a much more radically transparent style and approach. I ask my team to do the same, and I ask the leaders that I work with to do the same. And hopefully over time, you can start to shape a culture to be much more open and honest when it comes to the discussions we have on a daily basis with our talent. Yeah, and just talking of team, I mean, how have you supported your team to do to be able to differentiate themselves and help them add significant value to the business over time? Aaron, can you share some experiences and ideas that have worked well for you in developing your team? Yeah, sure. I mean, I try and role model the the things that I think are critically important, like what I mentioned before around real true openness and honesty. I try to apply that to myself when I interact with my team and try and make sure I'm providing the right amount of coaching and support. I also do believe in the idea of taking a much more appreciative approach to leadership where I really focus and I remind myself to be looking for strengths as opposed to weaknesses. And when I do that, I tend to build on strengths with my team make sure that I'm giving them stretch assignments and creating opportunities for collaboration that may be outside of their traditional job scope to get them experience and exposure, appreciate when they're doing well, of course provide coaching and counseling where I see opportunities for improvement, but I really do try and take a much more a much stronger bias towards an appreciative style of leadership because I do believe that brings out the best in people. And then I also would say I'm I'm also pretty stubborn when it comes to my expectations as a result. I have, you know, I try and set some high expectations. Any instinct that I might have to compromise on those expectations, I resist. And I'm pretty open about that with my team. So if I could strive for for anything, it would be to challenge my team really heavily, really challenge them to think differently, 
to step up their game when it comes to performance and business acumen and, and all the things that we I believe are hallmarks of success and match that challenge with equal amount of support. Great. And what are some of the sort of lookouts or pitfalls that you see HR leaders getting themselves into based on your experience? Well, you know, there's a classic pitfall that many HR partners can fall into. The HR business partner role, a very classically defined role, it does require you to become, you build, almost by definition, you build a fairly intimate relationship with your partner, the person in the organization that you are supporting. And maintaining objectivity in that role, maintaining enough of a balance between the, you know, what's in the interest of the organization, how do you adhere to those sort of principles, and not becoming biased when it comes to the the coaching, counseling, and even the assessment of the person that you're supporting. Oftentimes an HR business partner will be asked for opinion on the individual they, you know, that he or she supports, and it's, it can be easy to find yourself falling into a bias. And I think checking that yeah. and constantly monitoring that is a critical thing, and it can be a pitfall, especially if you are supporting a leader that you truly believe in. As you get to know them and you see that they are operating in the very best interest of the organization, it can create a bias that can cloud your judgment and assessment of that individual, and, and I think it's just a, it's a watch out for all of us in these kinds of, of business partnering roles. Yeah, it's a big lookout, isn't it? I think that the final question and the, the million-dollar question, <laughs> if you look in your crystal ball, how do you think the role of HR leaders in businesses will change in the future? It is a great question. Um, I, you know, I think it's hard to predict. The pace of change is increasing constantly in this. It's particularly in the field of human resources. I believe our role in an organization is only going to increase in relevance. I believe that we will be at the forefront of shaping the very nature of how an organization operates and differentiates itself in a market. We talked earlier about future of work. I think that is dominating the agendas of every executive everywhere in the world. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. we have a unique opportunity then to capture that platform and lead the thinking. I don't think there's anyone that has a monopoly on the ideas of what that all means and all of the implications of that, but HR has an opportunity to really lead that discussion, facilitate that discussion, and come with some strategies that help organizations stay modern and contemporary as technology advances, as the gig economy comes online, as new ways of working and new expectations are uh, are impacting the organization, the role of the HR leader then becomes all the more relevant. When I go around the world and I visit markets, there is, it, it very classically, in most organizations, and in previous companies, I've seen the same, the most effective organizations operate where HR is a fully integrated, pivotal role within a leadership team. There is not, yep. they are not a, an adjacency 
to mm-hmm. the, the line leaders. They're a fully integrated member of that team. And that's why having strong business acumen is so critical so that you are, in fact, a peer in the decision-making of how organization strategies are evolved and are deployed. And that you are an equally valued member of the team when it comes to input on a, on a wide range of topics, not just people and talent decisions, but really broadly strategies that will determine the future of an organization. Thanks, Aaron. That was Aaron Falcioni at MSD International, known as Merck in the US and Canada. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.